Starts the Hello everybody and welcome back to I Really Love This with Darby Shay. I'm currently eating a gusher and I'm here in the studio aka the extra room in my house with the one and only Jennifer Bologna, one of my very best friends since freshman year, sophomore year of high school. Um, and our dog, my dog, AK. Jennifer, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Jennifer Bologna, spelled like baloney, but it's pronounced Bologna. It's pretty cool. And Darby and I met sophomore year when we got a stupid parts in a little play. <laughs> we got really stupid parts in a really stupid play. But it birthed this episode right here, so. Yeah, and a friendship before that. But the friendship's over after today, after this podcast is over. That was the whole Basically. plan. Yeah. To be friends until we found the podcast and then be done. Yeah. So. So this is it. It was nice knowing you. So today. We're talking about something that Jennifer and I really love. And it is a movie called. Love and Mercy. Which is about. Uh, the Beach Boys and its founder slash leading man, Brian Wilson. Who's Brian Wilson? Brian Wilson is. One of them, he's the main guy in the Beach Boys. Did you found the Beach Boys? Aren't they all brothers? Like, so it's him, his two brothers, the cousin, and a friend. Oh, I think he's the founder. I didn't know that. But the movie is basically about, he, it tells a story, everyone knows the Beach Boys as like this, like, peppy, beachy band about cars and girls. Surfing USA, you know. Yeah, but there's like, so much more to them in their later years, like it gets really... Their music is so heartbreaking in later years, and it's all because Brian Wilson, the main man, main man, was, like, he has, like, audio schizophrenia and, like, audio... Paranoia. Yeah, and hallucinations in his ears, and that's why he makes such amazing music, because he heard, you know, crazy things in his ears and made it happen in real life, and so the movie just delves into... Like, the pain of his illness and yeah. what came from it. And the sad reality of his sick, his illness is that, you know, his fans were there for the Beach Boys in the beginning when they were um, singing about California and the beach and swimming and that's it. And then as soon as he started making music that came from his, like, deep emotions and his mind and when he started to get sick, the public and his band members did not like it. Like, they did not receive it well. They weren't happy about it, and they didn't like the change in the sound, and they couldn't get past the fact that it had changed so much from their original beachy sound and vibe that they wouldn't accept this new sound and this new, really real music that he was creating. And it, and it as the movie shows and as time has shown, like, critics have seen and, and listeners who have given it a chance who didn't grow up with the beachy Beach Boys, that it's one of the most unbelievable albums ever made, like technologically, musically, and all these other things that I don't know about. It's just really different from every from anything else that had been made before that. Yeah, Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds. I don't think you had mentioned what album. Oh yeah, Pet Sounds. Album <laughs> so is Pet Sounds. The movie, yeah, mostly focuses on the famous album Pet Sounds, which is now regarded. But as like one of the most famous best albums of all time that yeah. changed the course of music because Brian Wilson, you know, mixed around with so many things that had never been done before. He brought dogs into the studio and had them like, like yeah, bark, he had them bark and he, you know, like put bobby pins on the piano strings and plucked it instead of playing the piano and just so many inventive ways of 
you know, studio recording that had never been done before. And so that's why it was so negatively received at first, because it nothing like that had ever been done before. But and people don't like change. People don't like change, but... Regardless of how good it is. His, you know, illness birthed this amazing album that's now, with time, became one of the best things ever made. And even Paul McCartney from The Beatles thinks that it's the best album ever made. Yeah. So. He said, we just watched that part in the movie. He said that Wouldn't It Be Nice, which is from Pet Sounds, is is the best song ever made. So that's pretty cool mm-hmm. that I would think says, or says something about it. Yeah. Um, so the movie, you know, I didn't know this about Brian Wilson before or anything about the Beach Boys really before watching the movie. But this movie birthed like my love for music. I watched it on Mother's Day with my mom like three years ago. And I didn't really care about music. I would just kind of listened to whatever was on the radio or... You know, I didn't, like, particularly like any bands or care to go to concerts. But this movie, like, the Beach Boys started my passion for, like, learning new bands and the history of bands and the background of the people in them. And that's why I recommended it to you because I know that you love music so much. Mm -hmm. So how did this movie impact you? Like, for me, it started everything. Like, for me, so Jennifer, Jennifer and I when we like first met we were like oh my gosh we're twins we're personality twins like we're the same thing but where we differed was that I was super super into music and she was not and I like I specifically remember being like how do you not love a specific band like how do you not love things so much and she's like oh I'm not interested in that I don't know this like wasn't her interest yet and then she made me watch this movie about a musician and I was surprised I was like oh my gosh Jennifer loves music now and so as someone who's really really into all that goes into like musicians and like who they were and like their history and everything I watched it and it it it, like crushed my heart to see like to watch Brian Wilson crumble through his art and through his music and people and how people didn't understand or want to understand or didn't and didn't care and just that he got worse throughout his life and pretty much his fans and the people around him let him, I guess, get sick and then just refuse to understand it. And so it just, it spoke to how, like how I said before, like people don't like change and how people aren't willing to learn about mental health. And, but also on the beautiful side, or yeah, the silver lining is that pain creates really, really beautiful art. And like, yeah. I mean, most people's best work comes from their hardest times or their darkest place, which is really sad and, and and kind of hard to handle. And it's scary. And a lot of people will never like unlock the best thing that's inside of them because they won't address those dark things that have happened or the things that have hurt them the most. Yeah. And I guess that's seeing the art that gets created through those times is like encouragement for us to be able to talk about what's wrong and like what has hurt us and like start the conversation, you know? Exactly. So that's why we love that movie. This movie. There's um, a lot. In yeah, the there's a lot. I think another really interesting part about the movie is it doesn't just talk about Brian's, like, mental illness and how it created the music, but also his therapist, Dr. Eugene Landy, was, like, I guess his manager for the later times in his life. And he, like, made his illness so much worse because... He did not handle it or treat it well at all. Yeah, Brian Wilson's manager had him on so many meds that he shouldn't have been on to suppress his creative 
ability is because and this was okay so this was a time before like again before we were really open about talking about mental illness so people over medicated all the time like that mm-hmm. was a big thing where people so many people got addicted to drugs and I mean I think I might be wrong when I say this is the reason for like the like I don't know so many people are addicted to like oxy and everything because mm-hmm. so many doctors over prescribe because they just yeah. don't know and they think like just give more pills more pills yes. and like that's what he did yeah, so the movie doesn't just talk about the music, it just talks about Brian's life and how he overcame this, like, oppressive doctor-manager, and how he overcame it was he met this amazing woman named Melinda Ledbetter, and... Tell us the origin story of Melinda, like, how did they meet and everything. So Brian was shopping for a car, and Melinda worked at the car dealership, and I guess he just really was intrigued by her and, you know, wanted to take her out on a date, but Brian could make any choices for himself, so Eugene, his doctor, had to come along with him on the date and Ugh. had to supervise Brian and his, like, all the time when he was around Melinda, and Melinda noticed, you know, this, Brian's a grown man, and he's clearly sick, and he's not, like, this is not okay for a grown man to be supervised, and every aspect of his life controlled, he has no creative freedom, he has no romantic freedom so melinda basically you know called brian's created like a court case and got eugene in jail like for life for you know destroying brian and now brian's free and he's with melinda and they have kids and he's happy and that part that's my favorite part of the movie is seeing the romance between melinda and how she saved him and let his like yeah now brian makes more music and the movie's called love and mercy because Brian wrote a song called Love and Mercy about it's Melinda. It's so beautiful. Because she showed him love and mercy that he never got. She did. For years and years. Because did not give it to him. And that's that's a really... They start the movie with you meeting Brian as this very childlike adult. And he's clearly like an older man. And it's really strange. And it's kind of uncomfortable to watch the way like Eugene regards him. And like how you see him as a kid immediately. And then you find out after. You're like, oh, this is Brian Wilson the Beach Boys guy, and then they kind of take you back to show you all of that. So they build you up, like, to see this, like, ugly aftermath of the way that that his, that his Eugene treated him and, like, the way everyone had hurt him and, and turned him into this, I don't know, shell of a man. Yeah. And then they bring you back and show you that's what it used to be. Yeah, so the movie's told in two periods, the 60s, which is when the Beach Boys were, like, thriving, mm-hmm. and the 80s, which is when Brian was going through the Eugene stuff and when he met Melinda. And so Brian Wilson is played by two separate actors, Paul Dano in the 60s, who Darby and I are absolutely in love with. Yeah, he's great. And uh, John Cusack in the 80s, who's also amazing. He is. And um, I read that Brian Wilson is played by two separate actors in the movie. Like, they could have easily just made Paul look older in the 80s or John look younger, but it's played by two actors because Brian... You know, everyone that was close to him in that time says he was basically, like, two different people in those two different eras. Because he was so happy and creative in the 60s and in the 80s, just, like you said, a shell of a man. So it's really interesting to see, like, the dichotomy of how interesting and creative he was in the studio in the 60s and how just dull and, you know, childlike he was in the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, another favorite part of the movie of mine is all the studio scenes in the 60s recording Pet Sounds and just seeing, like, how the new methods that Brian used. Like, I mean, you watched it yesterday. What fun stuff did he do in the studio? He made everyone wear, like, costumes. Yeah, so, okay, he brought, first of all, he brought in so many people at one time. And, like, um, in the movie they show that 
all the people that he uses to record the instrument part. Okay, honestly, let me start really quick. I thought when people recorded albums that the music making and the singing happened at the same time. And yeah. it's just like, let's do this one take. So apparently that's not what happens. So Brian, he recorded the music with all these composers and all these musicians while his while the rest of the band was in Japan on tour. So he brought in these people who had worked with the biggest names in music. Like anyone you can think of, they had worked with them. And they were all like older people, so experienced. They they had done everything. They'd been there and done that. He brings them in and he's like running around the studio with them. He's playing with them. He's like, like she said earlier, he's putting bobby pins on on the strings of the piano. Mm -hmm. And he just, and he was like bouncing coins on the drum and all this just weird stuff he brought into the studio. And then one of the, one of the musicians brings him outside and he was like, he says, you know, I've, I've, I've worked with everybody in the business. I've seen everything. But no one has ever, nothing has ever been like this before. And I've never experienced what you're doing right now. Yeah. So it was really cool to see that the people who knew what they were doing and the people who understood music could see that it was it was something. That Brian cared. So that much. it was different and it was good. Yeah. He wrote the songs, wrote the music, like orchestrated everything. Yeah conducted it hired everyone i mean pet sounds so is his, yeah pet sounds is his little baby and it sucks that when it first came out it wasn't respected because it was so different from the peppy beach boys music before yeah so when when pet sounds was released in 1966 it was not a billboard chart topper it was um it was the first re album that they had released since their first one that didn't even get gold like it wasn't certified gold and, um, oh, <laughs> we have a quote that we're going to read for you guys. Um, but yeah, so the people, like their fans did not like it because it was, it sounded so different. And at first the, um, the album wasn't even critically acclaimed. Really. It, it had like a mixed bag of reviews. Mm -hmm. <coughs> some people said it was great and some just thought like it was too weird. It was too out there. Um, but like we said earlier, like as time went on people who really looked at the music realized that it was something totally before its time and something totally, like, just insane. So we found this Rolling Stone review from 1972 by Stephen Davis. And in it, we want to share two quotes. He said about Pet Sounds, he said, This trenchant cycle of love songs has the emotional impact of a shatteringly evocative novel. And by God, if this little record didn't change only the course of popular music but the course of a few lies in the bargain. And then later he says, <coughs> nobody was prepared for anything so soulful, so lovely, something one had to think about so much. It is by far the best album Brian has yet delivered, and it paradoxi paradoxically began the decline in mass popularity that still plagues this band. It also reflected Brian's preoccupation with pure sound. In fact, the credits on the new edition of Pet Sounds read, this recording is pressed in monophonic sound, the way Brian cut it. It's a weird little touch. The tone of it is so mytho mythologizing. It sounds as if Brian were no longer among us. So that kind of, that just shows like the elusiveness of, of Brian's, I don't know, involvement with the album. Like this was really where his mental health kind of took a toll on, on who he was and, and just the life that he was living and you really see his inner turmoil through the, I guess you hear it through the album and the way he created it. It was like his, his downward spiral. 
mentally. Yeah. I think I would recommend this movie to anyone. I'm really glad you invited me to talk about this movie because <coughs> I've seen it like probably 50 times by now. I'm also not a big movie person, but when I see... Yeah, that's another thing. I'm not a movie... Jennifer Bologna doesn't like movies. I love theater, all right? Earlier when you are saying, Jen doesn't like music, I just grew up on like musical theater yes. albums, but I didn't really like specific artists, but... Yeah, so I don't really like movies either, but this movie, like, if there's a movie I really like, I will watch it a hundred times through, and this is one of them, mm -hmm. and I don't know, I think anyone listening, sh even if you don't know the Beach Boys, like, watching this movie will get you obsessed with them, whether it's the early peppy music or the later, like, heartbreaking stuff, I think this movie, <coughs> there's just so many good heartwarming and heartbreaking moments in it, like, my, yeah. like, it brought me up and tore me down so many times during the movie, it's incredible, and I think anyone should watch it, and yeah. I think you'd love it. And even if even if you don't, even if you're not a fan of that kind of music, of music from the 60s, or the Beach Boys sound, or, or whatever, it's a really good illustration of how to not deal with mental health, how to deal with mental health, and how music is created, and how it's such, I don't know, it's such a human thing for us to do. Like, it is... It is one of the most trying, demanding art forms. I mean, all art is, but it, it just shows, like, how it really puts us in, through the ringer. And, and, you know, we put ourselves through that. But, like, as humans, we have to do these kinds of things. We have to find outlets to express ourselves and to explain what's going on inside our head. I don't know. It just, it makes you, it made me really sad, but it also just made me really happy that as people we do, we're able to express these kinds of things. And we are able to reach wider audiences through different mediums and different kinds of, of art and I don't know it's just for people for people who are interested in many different things it it reaches all those many audiences yeah I even, think even if you don't go into it with the intent of trying to be a Beach Boys fan it's just a great yeah. story to be told and a great lesson to be learned and I would say on my closing note lay in your bed and turn off the lights and put in earphones and listen to pet sounds and you'll have the best spiritual experience of your life. That's true. The first time I did it blew my mind and I've done it for the hundredth time last night and every time I listen to pet sounds like my soul just floats out of the room. It's the best experience ever. Please, if you don't even watch the movie, just close your eyes and listen to the Pet Sounds album. Yeah, it's so easy something. to access an album. Go on, open Spotify right now or search it and look up Pet Sounds and download it. Pet Sounds is the album with Wouldn't It Be Nice, which is that song that they sing in 51st Dates yeah. with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. That was like, that's my most memorable song from that album. Yeah, that's my favorite song in the whole world. But yeah, um, so from that album, also, God Only Knows is on that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's always been my song for me and Jennifer. And it says that God only knows what I'd be without you. So I always, like, when I hear that, I think of Jennifer, my friend. Um, yeah. He used jingle bells in that song. No one in the world had used jingle bells in a, like, radio song before that. And that's really good information. What I a genius. That. What a genius. Thank you. I guess that's all we have to say. Oh! Oh! I forgot. I started last week with Chris Dixon that I get... That my guest star gets a snack and or a drink. And Jennifer, would you please tell everybody what drink you got, what drink you asked for, and what snack you got? I requested an ice-cold uh, water, and I prayed that you would bring me Aquafina. And you did! You know me! And I also requested fruit snacks, and you just took it a step forward and brought me Gushers. 
and took like you know that bougie step up and I'm so eternally grateful. Why did you want water and gummies? Uh water because soda burns my throat. It's spicy. I love that. I'm a white. You are white. <laughs> I'm very white, but soda's spicy and it hurts. And gosh I wanted fruit snacks because I don't know. Fruit snacks are good. It's just the first thing that came to mind. I think and that's then why. I'm really glad you upgraded it to gushers. Well, that's pretty much all we have for you. I hope that you guys can watch this movie or listen to the album. At least listen to the album or at least one song. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Thanks for coming too. I really love this with Darby Shay and this week, Jennifer Bologna. See you guys next time. Bye. Oh, do something you love. Listen to something you love. Read something you love. Love a lot of things. Good night. <laughs>